Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. Good evening, friends, and a very warm welcome to you. We have a beautiful group here gathered at um, United Nations Plaza. This is our first full moon meeting in what was what is a new home for us right now for Lucis Trust, but this is a house that Lucis Trust had an office in way back in the 1970s and 80s, and it's a joy to initiate a whole new period for the trust work in America where we... Um, return to a home. This time we look over the United Nations in the evening. The light from the window means that it actually reflects and you can't really see. But those of us who are here can imagine that through this window you look on to the, the United Nations, which is really the, it is the physical place and embodiment where forces of cooperation and synthesis are working in human history and working with human consciousness in a way that is radically new in the whole history of the human race. So it's a great honor and a privilege for us to be able to maintain this work from this location. So, Pisces. The symbol for Pisces is of two fishes bound together by a connecting hand, connecting band, reminding us of the dualism that is an inherent and fundamental part of being human. Personality and soul, spirit and body, two apparently contradictory points of identity, held together from lifetime after lifetime in relationship by an unbreakable band. Something we can't see, but something which is there. For a time, for many, many lifetimes, the personality has little awareness of its other self. The Christ within is submissive, withdrawn, silent, without focus or definition in the awareness of the person and experienced only in vague sensings and psychic impressions. But as the great work proceeds, experience leads to an awakening of mind and to the discovery of a whole new layer of self. And this discovery brings with it inspiration as well as irritation. It brings a conflicted self. Yet this conflict is necessary before clear choice can be made to identify with and become attached to the soul. And the whole point about being a human being is that all of this takes time. It takes cycles of incarnation. Cycles of Birth and Death Pisces presents two images of bondage. Initially, it's the soul held prisoner as all the focus is on the growth and development of the incarnated personality. But as the wheel of the zodiac reverses, and as the seeker begins to make progress on the path, it then becomes the turn of the personality to freely and transparently submit to imprisonment and immersion in the Christ consciousness. 
becoming in the process the one who serves, the one who serves selflessly and ultimately, of course, in a mythical sense, the one who saves. It's important to remind ourselves of this grand trajectory as we stand this evening within the full flow of the energies of Pisces. Once our feet are placed upon the path, we're headed towards a time when we will ultimately choose to sacrifice our own spiritual advancement, returning to incarnation with no other purpose than to free others from the bondage of maya, glamour and illusion. In the language of the Bodhisattva's vow, Pisces holds before us a time when we will willingly renounce any quest for our own personal enlightenment until all sentient beings have been liberated. Something that is so easy to, for us human beings to say and to work towards, but something that either is a reality or is not or is in process of becoming a reality, which is more true to say. There will be periods on the path when glamour veils reality, and what we believe to be a sacrificial act or a sacrificial thought is more truly a mask hiding our self-interest. But the true renunciation envisioned in Pisces and held before us as a vision is something different. Its selflessness is transparent reflecting an achieved dispassion and detachment from the personal identity. Personality is held captive by the soul, so it's the soul's nature, the detached love, the lighted intuitive mind, and the purified will. It's this that shines through. Only when the veil of the grand illusion of human existence has been parted, only then can the choice be made to live as the observer, identified with the perspective of the soul and using body, emotions and concrete mind as vehicles of service and really nothing else? Repression is a response by the personality to what is experienced as the oppressive nature of duality. The vision of the soul has become a part of experience. And the response of this vision is, for much of time often, to shrink back almost in fear, attempting to eliminate aspects of personality by force, creating artificial blocks that feed a fear of those parts of ourselves that we do not understand and that are outside of our idealistic notion of who we are. The Piscean Saviour image is of work to bring the personal psyche into rapport with the soul, using education, guidance, love and understanding as the driving principles of discipline and will. Words are so interesting. When, from the perspective of our, of our individual incarnated personal self, we say the words, let the soul control the outer form and life and all events, which are words that those of us in the teachings often use, the word control can seem to suggest a repression of the personal and can certainly be understood to imply a disrespect for the incarnated self. Yet from the perspective of the long path of Pisces, soul control suggests an incarnated self 
that has brought the light and love of the soul into all the places of the person. It's through the path of developing the mind to become a center of detachment and dispassion, where the self becomes truly and without effort the observer. It's through this development of mind that the redemptive work of the soul is carried forward. Soul control is another way of speaking of a fusion of soul and personality. A fusion so that it is the soul who is in control without any effort from the personality. So in this Pisces full moon we can just take a moment to pause um, and work with mind linking with fellow meditators around the world. Imagining our co-workers and colleagues some from different paths but aligning with this opportunity of the full moon and together as a group take our stand in alignment with the community of great beings on the inner side of life. Take our alignment with the Buddhas and the Christ and all of the ancestors of all traditions who truly stand for the light. Under the guidance of these great ones, humanity, you and I, we together, <coughs> as a species, are moving forward on the path. And as a great field of consciousness, the human family as a whole is in process of stepping on to the discipleship path. And we have the privilege of being incarnated at this time. Let's have a moment of silence and then we'll use the second verse of the Mantra of Unification, which is on the postcard on your chairs. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. core of the labor during these full moon festivals, the core of our work is to be part of a group mind, observing humanity's long process of becoming world disciple and supporting this process so we're not neutral, we're active. It's important to train our observation, to train the way we look at the world so that we see the emerging world disciple in action, so that we know the seeds of the new in a visceral human sense. This always seems to be especially important in the fields of expertise where our life expresses itself with the greatest concentration of purpose. For many, this is the field of their profession, 
where they are constantly acquiring new knowledge as part of a group, as the thought form at the heart of the profession becomes empowered from the ashram and becomes a factor of use in the working out of the plan. In every profession, which includes every field of art and science, and every field of absorption, where people are absorbing themselves in a purpose greater than themselves, there are networks of thought and experiment where the laws and principles of the new era are impressing and guiding the thought of key servers and networks. Because it's in professions, in fields where we really have this deep sense of purpose working together with others that we really work out, bring ideals down into expression. And we do it, humanity does it with increasing concentration, increasing understanding, and increasing thought. The full moon rhythm is an incredible thing to ponder. Every month without fail for tens of thousands, millions of years, the earth stands for a moment quite naked before the full fiery light of the sun. The moon, which is our protector from the overstimulation of this light, moves for a moment out of the way. And in our little, minuscule, apparently insignificant lives, there is something which draws us to the drama and the poetry of this planetary ritual. For the beauty of the full moon means that every month, literally millions of them people are moved and touched and inspired by thoughts of love and romance. In the religious world, the full moon plays a significant role in the calendar of festivals observed by almost all of the major faiths. And for the esoterically minded, the outer beauty of the full moon signifies an inner event and an opportunity to play a not insignificant part in a great cosmic drama. For many of us, the full moon rhythm has become a part of the poetry of our inner lives. It's become real in a way that the outer world is not so real. Real in the way that beauty is real, or that a profoundly significant dream is real. From the Alice Bailey perspective, this reality of the full moon rhythm might be thought of as our turning in or tuning in to the meaningful, purposeful aspect of sunlight. The bathing of the planet in the full power of the sun's rays becomes the bathing of consciousness, of mind and heart, in the radiance of the one in whom we live and move and have our being. This can stir our deepest sense of the redemptive purposes of life itself. It awakens our intuitive sense that we are participants in a cosmic evolutionary drama that is so, so, so much greater than our own small lives. And it helps us to see that beyond these small lives of ours, there is a collective exercise occurring in human consciousness, which is all about the substance of mind and heart breaking free from prisons of illusion, desire, idealism, and belief. Two of the most interesting images in Alice Bailey's description of the Pisces energy flow are of medium and mediator. In the early stages of the Piscean path, when soul is held captive by personality, consciousness tends to be mediumistic. When the mind is quiescent and sleeping, 
soul has no structure or substance through which to express itself with any definition. So there might well be feelings or sensings of a presence, but no means of approaching this presence with any degree of clarity. Impressionable and receptive we may be, but we have no way of assessing our sensibilities. Is it desire and elemental feeling that throws through us, or is it something higher? Psychic sensitivity is the major problem and difficulty presented by Pisces. It provides the opportunity to develop mind to discriminate and manage psychic impressions so that they may become a resource for development of insight and intuition and so that they may enhance our ability to dissipate illusion, see life as it truly is, and as a result of this seeing, cooperate with the purposes of divinity. On the higher turn of the spiral, the medium becomes the mediator. And this is a useful way of understanding where humanity is headed now in its progress onto the discipleship path, particularly as we stand looking out upon the United Nations. The medium receives impression without any way of discriminating or controlling where that impression comes from, what that impression's significance may be, and without any way of interpreting or understanding it. There are no maps, no body of understandings to make sense of the vertical dimension of consciousness, let alone to guide the pilgrim through the deceptive and distracting forces of glamour and maya. The mediator is instead a creative conscious worker, mediating between different states or levels of consciousness and consciously training the mind and all aspects of awareness to become more skillful in this mediative work. To mediate is to be sensitive to different perspectives and to act to bring those different viewpoints into a useful and helpful relationship. Webster's Dictionary defines the adjective, the adjective mediate as occupying a middle position and the verb to mediate as acting through an intervening agency or exhibiting indirect causation, connection, or relation. And dictionary, the three definitions of the verb mediate, to mediate, to settle as an intermediary between parties or reconcile, to bring about an agreement or an accord or truce as an intermediary between parties by compromise, reconciliation, and removal of misunderstanding, etc. And finally, to affect a result or, con or to affect a result or to convey a message or anything as if by an intermediary. Now, the, this process, this, this, the verbal action, settling disputes, um, an intermediary bringing about compromise and reconciliation, um, is, is incredibly active in human affairs right now. Faced with the emerging voices of extreme and partisan views on all sides, those who are searching for expressions of fundamental qualities like goodwill, justice and truth are being forced to reject the emotional pull of easily manipulated fears 
of nationalism, ethnocentrism, or strong racial identifications that classify people by race or class in order to emphasize differences. This process of societies and people learning to become mediators is happening totally behind the scenes and out of the spotlight of the flashpoints where the problems of a humanity in transition are emotionally raw and unusually overstimulated. Yet all the time, through this very difficult and quite traumatic emotional life, societies are learning to mediate between principles of universal law, human rights, cooperation for the common good, and the realities of communities as they are and of human beings as they are. In other words, seeking to lift the level of relationships as they are to bring them more into harmony with universal law. And it's the process of doing this at this time which is more important than the ideal of suddenly everything being wonderful and cooperative and harmonious. This is what, where we, what we see is the dynamics, for example, in national and international programs to reduce violence against women. And if we just think of, just take that one issue, and standing before this house, the United Nations, makes us, we can look at that issue with some muscle because we know how much energy is invested in that issue as well as other issues. But if we just think for a moment of the number of human beings who now find their whole life purpose absorbed in not just slogans, not but in actually making progress in transforming the cellular substance of human relationships, which for so long, this is part of who we are as a human family, have been not as, as we may like them to be. At a wider level, the Pisces energy holds before humanity the potential to act as a species, as mediator, as intermediary between higher realms of being and the animal, plant, and mineral kingdoms. The focus on climate change, the scientific focus on climate change, as well as the more widespread emotional focus on climate change, can be understood in this light, where humanity is learning under pressure from computer models as well as under experience of extreme weather conditions, learning to regulate its affairs in such a way as to protect and enhance the lives of other kingdoms of nature. And of course, progress is up and down, as it is in our own lives when we measure our spiritual progress. This is as it is to be expected. Yet the thrust of history throughout the world tells us that humanity is regulating its economic and social behaviors in response to climate change. We see the same thing in many of the agendas at the United Nations, in particular the Sustainable Development Goals. The human family is in process of learning to fulfill its role as mediator or intermediary, acquiring wisdom by learning to reconcile conflicting needs of different groups. This is such a deep learning experience. This is not something that's done in a generation that begins and then suddenly ends and is done and completed. 
In a message received by Alice Bailey between somewhere between 1939 and 1942, um, so this is during the Second World War, VK noted that the higher aspect of the energy of Pisces is pushing through and producing effects upon those in the human family who not only respond to the Leo force and are consequently individuals in their own consciousness, but who also are responding to the steadily expanding Christ consciousness. And DK says of this higher element of the Piscean energy that it is awareness of the group, of the whole and of the universe. It is the energy of Buddhi, the higher aspect of the lower psychic nature, and it is the aspect of the mediator in contradistinction to the medium. And if those words were spoken were written back then, it seems to me so clear that that is so much stronger what's happening now than what might have hap been happening then. One of the greatest challenges we face at this time is to recognize the degree to which human development is now being shaped by forces of light and love. In other words, the degree to which the plan is actually unfolding or as Martin Luther King expressed it so beautifully, that the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And it requires a training of the mind to see the bending of history towards justice. There's such an intensity to the events, issues, and headlines that flow through the global conversation today on social media, broadcast media, the internet, and so on, that it's very easy to lose sight of the genuine development of qualities and values that is in fact taking place. A few years ago, Steven Pinker published a remarkable survey of the history of the decline in violence, a book called The Better Angels of Our Nature. In spite of recent events, spurred in part by the massive waves of refugees and the violence that spawned them, the long-term evidence nearly all the evidence presented in detail in Pinker's book, is that through the spread of things like government, literacy, trade, and cosmopolitanism, we are as a species increasingly learning to control impulses, empathize with others, bargain rather than plunder, debunk toxic ideologies, and deploy our powers of reason to reduce the temptations of violence. When there's a lot of noise in the world, it's incredibly important that we remind ourselves that this is the basic substance of what people are doing now. Our awareness of the exploitation and abuse that continues to occur in human relationships is so much higher than it has ever been, and that's good but it means that we tend to focus on all the areas that are in need of transformation, on what needs to be done now, and what are the most immediate problems that current generations are called upon to address. And of course, that's appropriate and right and good. Yet, this can blind us to the fact that long-term trends are overwhelmingly positive and in line with the plan. And if we fail to see this fact, Vision and hope becomes difficult and can become almost artificial. New York Times columnist Nicholas Kristof 
known, well known as an advocate for women's rights and for human rights in general and a strong critic of government action and anyone's in action in these areas, wrote a piece on January the 6th drawing attention to the steady progress in human relations under the banner Why 2017 Was the Best Year in Human History. He noted the widespread notion that 2017 was the worst year ever. And then he looked at some of the realities that we can imagine, that we can imagine members are the things that members of hierarchy notice. So this is what he wrote. A smaller share of the world's people were hungry, impoverished or illiterate than at any time before. A smaller proportion of children died than ever before. Every day in 2017, the number of people around the world living in extreme poverty, which means less than about $2 a day, goes down by 217,000. Every day, 325,000 more people gain access to electricity and 300,000 more gain access to clean drinking water. In terms of human experience, these are really radical things. The details are stunning. And Christoph cites a new book just published by Steven Pinker called Enlightenment Now, in which Pinker details progress in areas of health, wars, environment, human happiness, equal rights, and quality of life. He's a Pinker, by the way, we should affirm, is a strong rationalist and would certainly not be someone who would value coming to a full moon meditation meeting. Which makes this even more interesting to my mind, because it's a purely an analysis of st of statistics and of facts. A similar argument is made in another new book just published by Greg Easterbrook. It's better than it looks. Reasons for optimism in an age of fear. In an NPR interview last weekend, Easterbrook noted that a review of facts in people's lives suggests that the US and the EU, the, the US, United States and the European Union, have never been in better condition. But, he said, we've come to believe that our emotions, not the facts, should dominate how we perceive events. So as we ponder the Piscean energy during this full moon period, let us reflect on the myriad ways in which human consciousness, the consciousness that we know so well in this short time of our lives, we're human beings, we know the pains, the difficulties, and the joys. Human consciousness is acquiring the skills of the mediator. Human beings, with all of our frailties, are learning to actively build right relations. And let us hold these stirring signs of evolutionary development Lift this to the light of a far greater wisdom and purpose. As we as a species grow through the practice of mediation and of meditation with mind, because that's what's required for mediation, we are learning to act cooperatively together as saviors for the planet. And so are we creating an environment that will be in, that is becoming increasingly conducive to the emergence of a world saviour 
who would be a savior for our time and for our culture and for our cultural issues. So let's work together with this piece of work, the full moon approach to the hierarchy. Just before we begin, the actual full moon is at seven. It's um, it's quite close to when we finish, so it's 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 at seven fifty-one, ten to eight, just after ten to eight. So um, here, and for those of you who are listening on the internet, it's seven o'clock here in Eastern Time, in the United States of, um, and so. For those of us who are here at the meeting, we'll finish the broadcast after the meditation, as we always do. But anyone who wishes to stay, um, we'll just sit quietly and say the invocation at about um, just after 10 to 8. Um, and then we can all leave quietly. Um, or please feel free to just go home, because often it's we can do this whether we're sitting with others or not. It's work with mind and heart. It's work that we do ourselves inside. So, But anyone who wishes to stay is very welcome to stay and we'll have a quiet time and we'll finish the internet broadcast after this meditation. Formal approach to the hierarchy. Keynote of this approach. He who faces the light and stands within its radiance is blinded to the issues of the world of men. He passes on the lighted way to the great center of absorption. But he who feels the urge to pass that way, yet loves his brother on the darkened path, revolves upon the pedestal of light and turns the other way. He faces towards the dark, and then the seven points of light within himself transmit the outward streaming light, and lo, the face of those upon the darkened way receives that light. For them, the way is not so dark. Behind the warriors, twixt the light and dark, blazes the light of hierarchy. Letting in the light. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity.
I am one with my good brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. We extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energy streaming into Shambhala, radiated through hierarchy. And using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, Hierarchy, Humanity, 
gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought for Pisces. I leave the Father's home, and turning back, I save.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. As we do this, we can use the sixfold progression of divine love as a way of visualizing the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servants, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. lower interlude. We focus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. And together in the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. And consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, <coughs> London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth.
Thank you, friends. So for those of us who, for those of you who will be leaving now, we wish you well. And for those of us on the internet, we wish you a quiet time as we prepare for the actual full moon, which is at 7.51. And the next meeting here will be the new moon meeting. And being extremely poorly prepared, I cannot tell you the date of that meeting, but it will be about two weeks from now. When? March 16. March 16, a wonderful day to come to 866 United Nations Plaza. And join for some deep discussion. That will be a discussion meeting as well as a meditation. So thank you, friends. Bye-bye. And those who want to stay, we'll just sit here quietly for a time. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org.